Welcome back to the podcast that rocks weekly podcast that talks about news in the world of rock, metal, alternative, and everything between. My name's host of the YouTube channel Rocked. If you haven't noticed that already, thank you guys very much for tuning in. If you are watching on YouTube or Twitch Live, first of all, thank you very much for tuning in live to help support with the chats. Always has nice it's always nice to get feedback from people. Number two, you'll notice I'm alone. I'm flying solo for this podcast right now, but it's okay. Because my cohort and better half, Gretchen, is out for a good reason. She is with her mother at a concert. And if there's a good reason to miss a podcast episode, it's to go see a good concert. This is her first concert since pandemic, and I'm very glad that she's going. It was a, I'll give more details on that because she's like feeding me live information as it goes on. Um, she is seeing the Eagles at the Capital One Arena in D.C. right now with her mother. So I know she was very excited about this. And I also want to say, I hope she's having a great time. This was a vaccine-proof or 72-hour test-type show. Mass on, things like that. However, I'll have more information on that as it goes on. So, I see a lot of people with familiar faces in the chat rooms. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys also for being patient with me as I get all this stuff acquired and situated. One-man show sometimes always is a little bit chaotic, but I always make it work somehow. However, hopefully you're all doing well. Along with Gretchen's first concert since pandemic, I also am happy to say I saw my first concert this past Friday in 17 months, and I shot it. It was a unique experience, to say the least, to have my first concert post-COVID. I got to shoot Rise Against live in St. Louis, Missouri, and I'm very happy about that. I will show photos later and things like that and talk about that experience as well. However, as opposed to uh, personal concert experiences, we have other news to get to, and some of it's good, some of it's bad, some of it's kind of in that gray area of what we've been going on to right now. So, first things first, if you've noticed the title of this episode is Jonathan Davis versus COVID. As over the past weekend, we've been getting footage and clips of the ongoing corn tour that still has quite a few more stops, along with festival performances. People don't realize that. They're not done. And they're going to try to make up a lot of the, the missed shows that they could. Now, why is that a big deal? Some of you might be asking. Well, as to put it lightly, Jonathan Davis already was not in the best of shape with cardiovascular issues. If you've seen Corn over the past two years, you've noticed that he'll occasionally suck on an oxygen tank during songs and between songs. That alone, before COVID, is not necessarily easy to work with when you're a live performer and singer. Now add COVID. And Jonathan Davis and uh, head Brian Welch have both commented that he's pretty weak right now. I'm going to try my best to share a little bit of footage of this right now because, one, I'm going to read a quote from Brian Welch for, uh, uh, regarding everything, and then I'm going to have a quote play from Jonathan Davis. You should be able to hear it fine. I would also like, though, to get everything ready so that you guys can see it. So let me do this. Da, da, da. Bam, bam. As I queue everything up ready for screen share. Let's do this. Bam. Live is live, everybody. So, as many of you are aware, COVID After Effects Loudwire reported Jonathan Davis is very weak and he's performed seated. That's pretty rough. First things first, I do want to read the quote for everybody that's going on right now that Jonathan Davis actually had to say. So, while I pull chats up and make sure everyone's there and I can still read everybody, let's do this. From Brian Welch, Jonathan Davis is still struggling with the COVID after effects. He's physically weak and having a mental battle, and any type of love, light, and energy you can throw at him, prayers, all of it. 
we have shows coming up, so all of you guys check the dates. Whatever show you're going to, throw him some love and energy, man. He needs you now more than ever. Now, that's one thing. That's um, Brian Welch has not always been the wordsmith when he gives some very impassionate replies. That was very well said by Brian Welch, though. Number two, Jonathan Davis also made a big impassioned speech while live on stage. The first part of it in Illinois, I'm going to censor greatly. I'm feeling very weak, but I refuse to cancel. I had to come out here and do this for you. Now, for those of you watching, you can see what I censored. For those listening on the audio forum, that's, yeah, I had to clean up Jonathan Davis's language a little bit. However, I will let the man speak for himself. So, for those watching and live right now, here was the man at that same performance. Rockfeed collaborated this um, and just with the fan footage that was had. So, hopefully this is going to be loud enough. Hopefully you can hear. Let me know if you can't. This is what's going on with uh, Jonathan Davis live right now. I've been there for you all my whole entire fucking career. I'm very emotional, I'm sorry, but I've been there for you guys my whole career. Tonight, I need your help, please. You see me in a chair or whatever, I'm gonna do my motherfucking best tonight, and that's all I can give. Let's do this shit. If you've got... You can clearly tell this has affected him personally, and he's really trying his best. Um, without uh, any jokes or anything, I wish well for the man. This was a rough tour for Korn in, from the beginning. When Fieldy had to bounce out for personal issues and the Korn, and the rest of the band was very supportive of that, they were already down a member. Jonathan Davis gets COVID and he's still feeling the after effects. And he was vaccinated. Keep in mind, he was already uh, compromised with his like uh, breathing thing. Someone's asked, does he have COPD? I'm not sure of his actual condition. That's why I didn't want to speak on behalf of that, but I know he had something going on. Boy, oh boy. Um, take an effect. Fieldy's gone. Jonathan Davis had to, ca- they had to cancel a few shows because of Jonathan Davis. Now Jonathan Davis has to sing perfo- sitting down because he gets too tired and weak, but he's still trying to give it his all. And then you have to sit through stained to get through that. This tour is cursed. I, I-, I don't know what to say, guys. As much as I want the best for bands after COVID and pandemic, I also want them to get better. I want them to be able to go perform the 100%. This is my own opinion. Do not take this as fact. Completely subjective. I think they should just call it for the I Because if he keeps pushing it, it could get worse. And then we might not get cornered 2022 or 2023 or whatever. And that's hurts because, again, like I said earlier, Korn is going to be performing at festivals as well. So it's hard to say what they're going to do. And I've seen Korn many, many times throughout the years. I've shot Korn many times throughout the years. Jonathan Davis always gives it his all. He really does. And you could tell by that plea that he gave when he was addressing the audience. You could tell that was legit. And I see a lot of people... Uh, real, I cut out for a bit? Okay. You could tell that a lot of people really get what he's saying it sounds sincere so here's hoping that everything's working out okay here's hoping that they can get this figured out because again it's a rough situation for the band i know they have several tour dates left i know they have other things going on i know fieldy is in a whole nother league right now as well so i'm hoping he gets better so i hope i hope i hope Nothing worse happens for the band because they have had it rough 
in fall of 2021. Summer of 2021. It's not even fall yet. It's still August. Ugh. Moving on, because that might be the roughest thing we have to talk about. However, we have some more information on what's going on with COVID. And another singer that got COVID was Corey Taylor on the CMFT tour. And it's weird for that one because they had the best precautions on that CMFT solo tour with Cherry Bombs. They completely separated themselves. No meet and greet, you know, masked up. Many shows were outdoors. They did their best to make sure everything was safe. Corey still got it. He's out of the woods. He's He says he's 100% again, but he's also said he was the sickest he's ever been. And when asked, uh, because everyone wants to know what does Corey Taylor think, Corey said, looking back at it, just looking at the fans, because there's got to be some... There's no nice way to say it. There is a reason why Delta and the pandemic is still going on, still viciously attacking so many people, especially in the South. And a quote from Corey, I always try to keep my mask up the entire time off stage. If you try to trust people that are vaccinated or their mask up and social distancing or at least testing negative before they go to something like that. And sometimes you run into those selfish people that don't care about that. I think that's what happened to me. Somebody came to one of my shows and was in the audience sick and probably got several people sick. Yeah, that's probably it. Uh, there's no there's no way around that. That's absolutely it. And Corey's about to go on tour with Slipknot. Slipknot's doing the Knotfest Roadshow. And that's going to be a killer tour. But at the same time, I'm hoping that everything's taken care of there too because they're still not out of the woods yet. And Knotfest Roadshow for this fall is going all over the place as well. Slipknot's been added to several more festival performances as well for Riot Fest, for Welcome to Rockville. There's quite a few. And you guys know that I'm a big Corey Taylor fan. I'm a big Slipknot fan. I just want everything to be okay. And I don't know where else to go from there for that because Corey's kind of on the money. And I'll allude to this later with my own personal concert experience. My first one back. Uh, after 17 months, but it also is a location-based thing where, it's where these bands are going. Up in the Northeast, if a tour is going through Vermont, New Hampshire, you know, even New York now, which is crazy to think, it's not that bad. It's really not. You start going south of the Mason-Dixie line, you're in trouble. And what I really fear is you have so many amazing artists trying to give their best and they're trying to do everything they can to stay on the road finally and give people the shows that they bought tickets for sometimes a year ago, if that's what it was, like Korn's tour and things like that. Woof. Is it going to be really wor worth the stretch to trust everyone in the crowd? And even though they had like no meet and greet, masked up, vaccine proof to get in, not every venue is going to test everyone. There's just... No nice way to say that. And that's a bummer because when you put all these 72-hour proof tests to get into the venue, have to wear a mask at all times, have to show 72-hour negative tests if you don't have a vaccine, and Jim Bob, the security guard, doesn't care about that, House of Cards falls down. And that's it. So all those 72-hour test people that are proving their 72-hour tests, okay, that's great, but... 
even so, if a security guard doesn't test everyone or doesn't look at proof for everyone, everyone's a victim then, including the band, including the touring crew, you know, including the venue staff. Woof. So now I'll talk about my concert experience, my first one back. And I'll talk about Gretchen's too. She's giving me more and more. Yeah, someone just said in Twitch, bad Jim Bob. Yeah, I know. Jim Bob's messing up a lot with COVID right now. So while Gretchen's at the Eagles, uh, seeing a great concert, her first experience back. My first experience back, I give a little more light on because she's still there right now. I saw Rise Against in St. Louis at Music Park, a new amphitheater. It's an outdoor amphitheater, but still covered. Perfect venue. Beautiful day. A little too hot, but still perfect day for a concert in August. It's great. It was uh, Rise Against featuring the Menzingers and Descendants. This is their second stop of tour. The tour is over now. Um, they just wrap things up in Chicago. However, they will be making some festival appearances later this year. And I think they're going to try to go overseas later on. Here's the thing. Um, as nice as this venue was, um, they saw I was working. I had my credentials on me because I had like a lanyard with my photo pass and my ticket and everything there and my bag. Um, first things first, no staff was wearing masks. I, I didn't, they just weren't, not until I got in much later where I saw a couple security guards wearing, wearing masks. They did not check if I had a vaccination card or 72 hour test. And they did not go through my bag. One of the security guards even jokingly said, I'm sure you don't got a gun in there. Just going to hold for a second, let all that sink in. This venue was great, and I want to go back. You better believe I wore a mask as much as possible at that show, though. And again, I there were a lot of people wearing masks at the show. And there were some security later in wearing masks. But... <laughs> it was a little rough. And maybe because they saw I had work credentials, the re reason why they didn't test me. They just said, all right, go in, go in, go in. We got to get to the actual people. I get that. If that's the case, totally get that. But I really hope they checked everyone else. And that is not on Rise Against you. That is 100% not on Rise Against. That was venue staff. And I like the venue. Um, but that's why I say if one security guard just says, ah, go in, whatever. Could be in trouble. <laughs> Good thing I was vaccinated. <laughs> I don't know. Show was great. Rise Against had a great stage set up. Let me see if I can share a little bit with you of what I saw. Because it was a unique little stage setup because it was a little bit dark out too because it was outside and it was still pitch black. And it was a dark top. So let me see if I can share. Bam. On GetRock.net, some of my photos that I took. If you're listening live, it's just some of the still frames I took. I took video footage too. I put it up, made a TikTok out of it. Not my best work, but still not bad for what it is. It was a fun show. Rise Against played a lot of new music from Nowhere Generation, their latest album that came out a few months ago as well. And I think it was a good job. They did a good job. Everyone sounded lively. They looked like they were having a good time. Everything was good. Uh, seeing Tim McElrath with long hair or longer hair is a little bit unique, that COVID haircut. But still, it works. So I do have to say that through a crowd, I want to say the crowd was a little under three-fourths full. It was not a sellout, but still was a good audience. It was a good crowd. It really was. There were no idiots. There were no jerks. There were no people uh, violent in the pit. There were no people getting way too drunk and stupid that I saw. And that's nice. This was for an older crowd, too, because the Menzingers and Descendants are not really for the kiddos. 
Rise Against technically is the youngest band on the tour, you know, and they're the headliners. If you think about that, they've been doing this for like 20 years. So take that for what it's worth too. But I enjoy the crap out of the show. I loved it. I'm very hopeful to go back to this venue again. I will be wearing a mask. I will be staying away from people. But it does show two things. One, there are more and more examples of bands and artists trying to find ways to make this work. But on the flip side of that, the venues also need to make this work as well. And I give them the benefit of the doubts saying they just didn't test like check for mine because they knew I was working and I had to hold up. I would hold up the line in my bag with a lot of stuff in it, camera gear, equipment, things like that. It's going to take a while. And they were trying to get everybody in. So I can't argue that too much. But it is one thing when there's a pandemic going on. And yeah. However, Missouri is doing better with vaccines and COVID cases are falling again, which is huge. I know that's not the case for every state. Thankfully, Missouri is in St. Louis, especially. So fortunately, I made it out okay. I had a good time. I'm happy. Gretchen has been sending me little updates over the past, oh, hour? Maybe a little over an hour because I got there a little bit earlier. Um, Gretchen is at the Capital One Center with her mom in, what's the name of it? Capital One in Washington, D.C., where the Capitals play. And first of all, they did do checks for vaccinations, which is great. This is an enclosed indoor arena. They have seats. You're going to be close to people. Um, They're taking strict as well, like the no bag policy. So they're doing a good job there. Here's the issue. The Eagles concert is an older crowd audience. And in Gretchen's words, as I pull this up, because there were a couple kerfuffles, as she likes to say, of what's going on. Most people are wearing masks, but a lot of them are wearing them wrong. Under the nose, under the chin, things like that. It's a great time. It's giving you, uh, for giving you updates as well, there's a lot of people making a fight. There's been two people complaining to security about wearing masks. I see also that people have forgotten how to behave in public. On top of that, all the machines are freezing up for purchases too. Merch, food, beverages, things like that. So... Concert life is back in full swing. (laughs) Man, oh man. I don't know what to say about that other than little things happen. Machines freezing up happens everywhere. Everywhere. If you're a wrestling fan, um, SummerSlam was held a couple weeks ago in Las Vegas where the Raiders play. All the machines went down. Wi-Fi went down. Bathrooms, Bathrooms stopped working. Like the toilets couldn't flush. It was a huge nightmare of a venue situation. Like for nice of a venue as it is, Everything went wrong that possibly could. So, yeah, things happen like that. Ugh. <laughs> Thankfully, I didn't have that experience. That's not going to happen until festival season comes, where you're just hoping that one porter potty isn't filled to the brim. And that's, I'm going to leave it at that. And if you're wondering what I'm referring to, I assure you, I've seen the nightmares. I have seen unspeakable filth that you will never understand, and I would never wish on anyone. That's right. You know what I'm talking about. So, as I move along from that topic before I gross anyone else out, speaking of new music, however, this sorry, this bathroom is having technical difficulties. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. And it was every bathroom, too. They were down the whole night, but like they were down for a while. And when you have an audience of 50,000 people, that's a big deal. Staff, get, staff couldn't even go to there, either. Ugh. Ugh. 
Someone on YouTube just said, as someone, somebody with OCD listening to this is giving me anxiety, I want to Lysol my entire apartment now. Yeah, I don't blame you. I, I, I don't blame you. <laughs> anyway, on to new music news, because there's been some good bits of new music happening. And oh, you know what? I need to save new music news. I need to go back because one of my tabs is out of order. And I think this deserves a little bit of attention. There is more information on the COVID front. Kid Rock tried his best to have a big old summer tour. He said he would, and he was going to do it. He picked up his guitar and his backtracks and his booze that he sells for cheap so that way people can get drunk at his concerts and realize how much of a hack he is. He went out, set out on October 20th and middle of August. Well, he made it to Texas. And after two shows on August 27th and August 28th at Billy Bob's, yes, that is the name of the venue in Fort Worth, Texas, <sighs> not everyone was as vaccinated as Kid Rock thought. Shocker. Kid Rock's backing band wasn't exactly the most honest, and he himself was quite upset. Quote from Kid Rock, I am pissed. Over half the band has COVID. Not me, because that's what he cares about, obviously. And because you crap... Oh, the, the language on this guy. And let me share the screen so that way people know what I'm like talking about what I'm censoring. Bam. There we go. And before you crap for brain bloggers and media trolls run your mouth, many of them, like me, have been vaccinated. Now, when he said many of them have been vaccinated, that means not all of them have been vaccinated before they hit the road, which means Kid Rock knew that some of his artists were not vaccinated before taking them on tour through COVID, COVID-filled South and Texas. Ugh. I was going to come out and rock the house anyway, play acoustic DJ, or even just juggle. D's nuts. Ugh. He's in his 50s. Kid Rock is in his 50s, everyone. And he's still talking, doing the D's nuts jokes. Or try to at least entertain you sick good folks. But seriously, it's way out of hand. It's way out of my hands on this one. I am beyond upset and you real ones know I would never cancel if I absolutely didn't have to. For this, I am sorry. Uh, P.S. God bless our military, especially those who lost their lives in Afghanistan today. I am way more upset about that than some stupid virus and missing a couple shows. So I hope we bomb the crap out of those and send a clear message, but I am worried Biden is too much of a woke blank. So instead of addressing all the code, he's blaming the he's shifting the blame to the tragedy in Afghanistan, which is a mess of itself. He's still as political as ever without knowing what's going on. So take that for what it's worth, too. Huh. Kit, 50 something year old Kit Rock, I will say he's 50, 50 years old, is still making excuses, trying to joke around and act like he's 21. And really not understanding how much trouble he's in with all this COVID stuff. He doesn't get it. For those who were looking for refunds for Billy Bob's in Texas at Fort Worth, you'll get them. You can get refunds. I don't think they're going to try to make up the show because Kid Rock doesn't do that. Born in 71, so 50. Yeah, thank you. Man, oh man. 
Can you imagine buying a ticket for a Kid Rock show in 2021? Can you imagine your first concert back after pandemic is Kid Rock? Ugh, I'd, stay in, I'd rather just stay inside for a few more months. Ugh, I don't even botched all summer long tour. Ugh. Ugh. I don't know what else to add to that, guys. It's bad. It's bad. Over half the band, too. Not just one or two. Over half of his backing band. And I'm sure that Kid Rock's backing band either are hired guns or most likely have very similar viewpoints as Kid Rock in order to stand being around him. Ugh. Gross. Now we can move on to new music news. Now we can move on to actual things happening, which is nice. Huh. Slipknot says new music is coming. Corey Taylor says he has about three songs left to record. Mixing's going great. Everything's being done. He got back to the studio after his COVID scare. He's been working hard. He's getting ready for tour as well. He did an interview with GalaxyCon saying, I was actually supposed to finish my vocals this week. I got screwed by the COVID diagnosis. I actually only have really three songs left to do. I've done all the other tracks because I've been doing them in between tours, just hitting it. The band released We Are Not Your Kind in 2019. That was my album of the year that year. Corey is saying he likes this more than We Are Not Your Kind, what they've done. Further quote, I actually like this one better than the last one. I love the last one. It's really good. There's some darker, heavier stuff on it. There's some tunes that are actually really outside the realm of what we've done before, but it all coheres together. It all works together. And there's some savage, heavy stuff, which I'm really stoked on. So it's going to be rad. Yes, I did clean up that uh, quote as well. You know what? I feel that's an adequate and well-hyped up message about an upcoming album without going over the top. I'm excited for that. Slipknot will be continuing on the NotFest Roadshow tour later this fall. Hopefully he gets those three songs knocked out sooner than later. And the mixing and producing features can begin. Last Slipknot album was produced really well. It was mixed great. So I don't think there'll be a problem with that one also. But we'll find out more details as they come. Slipknot's going to be on the road for a bit. And I know Slipknot is going to go overseas to Europe in 2022. If I'm correct, mid-2022. Correct me if I'm wrong, anybody, if that is something different. But I know they are going overseas next year. I'm just not sure how far and how wide they're going. I feel like that's a sign of good news. And you know what? I fully support it. You can find out more info on their socials as well if you follow them. Along with that, let me bump down my audio a bit. I think I'm peeking a touch. Let's do that. Along with that, as I pull everything back up, new Whitechapel got announced. Whitechapel also made my best of the year list way back when they released everything uh, for their previous album, The Valley. Same year, 2019. And they have a new album coming out called Kin. It'll be released in 2021, and they just dropped the new single today. I gotta say, it'll be, I'm saving it for New Music Night on Sunday, Lost Boy. I only played like 30 seconds of it, and you know what? Whitechapel's still bringing it. I'm very happy about that. They already have the track list available. It's on GetRock.net now. I'll share a little bit of you if you're watching online. Boom. The guys look good. They look serious. They spent their uh, quarantine time well. Everything should be mixed and mastered at this point for what they're saying. Kin is a return. It's the early writing, and there was some discussion of it being like The Valley Part 2, but then they wanted to change things up differently. Bozeman said, musically, we just want to create what we vibe with at the given moment. We write music with how we feel and not what is expected of us. With lyrically, the idea of continuing from the story of The Valley was always the goal. So, 
from the valley to kin. Tracklist is out there right now. You can find more information and the song on GetRock.net. It's all over streaming services as well. I'm excited for that. I've never seen uh, Whitechapel live, and I always have wanted to. Man, oh man. I feel like they would be just an amazing experience live. I've seen footage, but I feel like they would bring it. If anyone has seen them live, let me know in the chat. That'd be great to see. Uh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm trying to levy all the scares of concert tours to combine with more positive news of new music. As we get more information, Wage War also announced they'll be releasing a new album October 1st. Their new album's coming out called Manic. The single Circle the Drain is out right now. That, that was announced just the end of last week. They also did a lot of different stuff. They will be on tour on their own headline tour. Or not on headline tour, excuse me. They'll be touring with Beartooth this late summer, early fall. And also hitting a lot of festivals. So if you're a Wage War fan, I always said Wage War is a little bit better of the metalcore tier. They are higher up on that metalcore ladder. And I say that because they try to do things a little bit differently. They are not stuck in that formula, just going through the motions and hoping they're the ones that stand out in an ocean of similar sounding metalcore. And I'll come back to this topic later. Man, oh man, it just keeps going and going for them, though. And Wage War, I feel like they actually set, like really do a good job with. As well as that, the new Tremonti album's coming out with September 24th. They released the title track for their song today, if you're a Tremonti fan. Tremonti will be going on tour with Seven Dust and Daughtry later this year. That's pretty good. And Tremonti's still working hard. So his, his band stuff. I shouldn't say his solo stuff. Tremonti, the band. So if you're interested in that, that's out there right now. We will be playing the new song on New Music Night as well, this Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you were there for New Music Night uh, last Sunday, it was a wild trip at the end. We had two songs that got unanimous thumbs up across the board and two all thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs up. It was wild at the end, but it was a lot of fun. So, lots of good stuff coming. Along with that, we got information about the next Shinedown new music. And normally this is where I would like Gretchen take over the reins because Shinedown is her number one. However, I'll just give some brief notes on this one. Quote for Brent Smith, I can tell you right now the first single, you're going to hear it in the first month of 2022. So January 2022 is new Shinedown's first song, or Shinedown's first new song. And then hopefully a couple months later, there'll be a full-length record out. The group has been settled at Charleston, South Carolina studio to record the effort with the band's own bassist, Eric Bass, producing. Eric Bass, excuse me. Man, he's a bassist and his name's Eric Bass. How do you not go with that? that that's so perfect. I know he pronounces it Bass, but how can you not call yourself Eric Bass when you're a bassist for a huge band? That, that, that's just, it's too perfect. Come on. It's too perfect. Band's most recent album, Attention, Attention, came out in 2018. They're still getting radio play for some of their singles on that as well. So I'm very looking forward to what they have for 2022. Shinedown is doing some brief touring this year. They will be hitting the road heavy next year for sure. Shinedown also will be making one or two festival appearances. They will be performing at Blue Ridge Rock Fest in September and I think another place as well. So if you're a Shinedown fan, they're getting some new stuff. There you go. Moving on as we continue down this, we're going to get the Billboard Mainstream Top 3 out of the we out of the way for this week. Every week I try to talk about the top three songs that are either blessing or plaguing mainstream rock radio. This week at number three, Making a Fire by Foo Fighters. I think it's a fine song. I, I don't know if that's a song I would have picked for a single off of the latest album, um, da, 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 Medicine at Midnight. Almost said Shame Shame. That was the first single. That was the one I wasn't a fan of. Making a Fire is good though. I like it. Coming in at number two, 
Mammoth Wolfgang Van Halen with Don't Back Down. He's on his way to get his, get his next number one song. I think it will hit that too. I know he dropped off a few tour dates with Guns N' Roses because of COVID scares and things like that. But yeah, Mammoth Wolfgang Van Halen is absolutely going to get more number ones and he's going to be around for a while. He's only in his early 30s. Too. He's only like 30, 31. He's got time. And coming in at number one, number one for three weeks in a row, Volbeat with Wait a Minute, My Girl. Under three minutes, a very, very Volbeat sounding song. But you know what? It works. So I can't knock it. I think that works just fine. Oh, hang tight a second. We got an update from our correspondent in, uh, in D.C. Currently watching a couple in their 50s or 60s get belligerent with security about masks. Hold the live audience. That's L-O-L-O-L. So at the Eagles concert, there is a couple in their 50s or 60s getting belligerent with security about masks. This is nothing new. They didn't just bring this news out yesterday saying you have to wear the masks. I don't want to sound age shaming or mean, but man, boomers are just going to keep running this into the ground, aren't they? Cheers. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. Poor security. Having to deal with that too. An ornery 50 or 60 year old couple. The big guard, uh, Gretchen saying, waiting for the big guards to come in to get them out because like they have like other security, like trying to calm them down and they're still putting up a fight, but they're saying big security guards are coming. Ugh. Man, oh man. Wolfgang Van Halen is 31. Yeah, 31. Thank you. And the whole mask thing has been there for a year and a half now. I know. And they're still just so defiant about it. How dare you inconvenience us while we sit down and watch the Eagles play? Come on. Really? Really? Uh, uh. I don't know. It's reason why, reasons like this why a second lockdown is not out of the question. This in schools opening right now, too. So many schools are opening and kids are getting sick. Uh, teachers and school staff are dying in Kentucky. Four, like one teacher and three other staffers died at a Kentucky junior high because of COVID ever since school started a week ago. So, uh, mass mandate is up in British Columbia. I believe it. I totally believe it. Mass mandate is still going on in St. Lucie. They have the man mass mandate brought back, but everything's still open. I'm fine with that. Make us wear masks inside. New York uh, did it right with New York City said, if you want to come into restaurants and gyms, you have to wear a mask. Fine. I don't see how that's a problem. And yes, it's coming from the older people. Yes. Ugh. It's a shame. So, moving on to another topic that I am working on right now. First, I'll preface this by saying thank you guys who tuned in for last yesterday's video on the Sophomore Slump albums. That was posted yesterday. If you still haven't checked that out, it's on the main YouTube channel for Rocks. And I would also like to preface that, that I said at the end of the video, what's coming up the rest of the year. So if you're curious on to see what's going to be happening the rest of 2021, there's a few little surprises at the very end of the video of what you could expect in the next few months. So, as we move on to this topic, I am going to be making a video about Trashcore. A full video dedicated to Trashcore. It's not going to be a long, it's not going to be some 30 minute piece video. I'm not doing that. But, I've decided I needed to do a video where I define the problem 
define what trashcore is, how it's really affecting the scene music, how metalcore like that should not exist, or deathcore, whatever you want to really pull that out. And finally, naming some of the bands that are affected in this. So, first of all, I would like to point out that trashcore I'm going to be defining as a metalcore, mainly a metalcore band. It could be deathcore, rock, whatever, something else. Mainly a metalcore band who lacks skill or creativity and make up for it by edgy personas, growling, and shock lyrics. It's all just to get attention and to pander to the audience. That's what Trashcore is. That's what I'm defining it as. I want it very clear who I decide Trashcore fits. On the main YouTube channel, I'll leave this poll up for a few more days before I screenshot it and put it in the video. I made a little poll. I asked everyone on my channel in the community section, making a video in September about Trashcore. Of the bands listed, who do you associate most with Trashcore? Attila, Emure, Falling in Reverse, King 810. Now, first of all, I want to say I believe it said King 810. I have always heard people say King 810, King 810, whatever. I'm going to call him King 810 for now. I think that's what it is, King 810. However, these are the four bands I've heard considered Trashcore the most. And I want you guys to vote. I want you guys to vote freely if you're on the main YouTube channel for Rocked. I'll do a little vote right now too. I'll ask the poll, I'll ask the chat both on YouTube and Twitch. I have them both up and I'll wait a minute for everyone to catch up. Who do you think I should click on right now? Who fits Trashcore the most? Attila? Amur? Falling in reverse, King A10. No, you cannot do all of the above. That is not a choice. We have to choose for one, though I understand why. That's why I said, who do you associate most with Trashcore? That's the whole point. I voted for Amur, somebody said on Twitch chat. So, okay. So, does anyone else want to like, have a say in the vote? I'll go with whatever you guys come to a consensus with the vote live to show you what the results are right now. And yeah, it is a tough one. Attila, somebody voted for Attila. So Amur, Attila, King A10, and yes, someone just pointed out on YouTube, yes, King A10's frontman was spotted at the Capitol riot January 6th. Oh, I'll be bringing that up in the video. Don't worry. He was a supporter. He wasn't in the Capitol building, but he was there supporting them, that type of thing. Attila, Attila, Attila. I'm getting a lot more Attilas. I'm not familiar enough with any of them to express an opinion. You are lucky. Attila. Attila, Amur, a lot more Attilas. 10 seconds if you want to get it in. Because I think Attila, another Attila. You know what? Attila, okay. Let's go with Attila for this one. Running away with it on the percentage. And you can still vote. The poll's up. We'll leave it up till at least Thursday night, Friday morning when I start editing everything. Over half of the votes say Attila of the four. 50, 56% of 1.9 thousand votes, so over 900 people think Attila is the most defining band associated with Trashcore. I agree with you guys. I don't know what to say. And don't get me wrong, I see arguments for all four of them, even Falling in Reverse. And I'll make some special points about Falling in Reverse as well, because I'll point this out in the video. 
Falling in Reverse was trash core through and through. I do feel over the last two years, Ronnie Radke has been trying to evolve and do something different. I'm not a fan of him. I'm not a fan of his music, but I will give credit where that's due. He is trying to make something different. He's trying to evolve a little bit. So I'll give him that. He's also kind of calmed down on Twitter. He's not threatening to beat up beat people up that he doesn't like. Boy, is that sad when your persona is tough guy and you threaten to beat people up over tweets. Get out of here. Come on now. You can't make one of the worst cover songs of all times with trying to be cool covering Coolio's Gangsta's Paradise, looking like the biggest dork on the planet, and then threaten to beat people up over the internet. That's not how it works. They still have a fan base, though. All four of these still have a fan base after the many allegations of Attila band members, the singer and the bassist, which I will not go into detail again. They still have a fan base. They do. Blah. Not going to be a pleasant video, unfortunately. It will be more of a negative one. However, I do, people, I do hope people share this out because it's going to define the problem of Trashcore when metalcore bands get desperate. Metalcore has such a, like I said before, an ocean of similar sounding music. Thousands of bands that sound identical to each other. And there are a few that do stand out well, that are really good. But then you have these bands whose rank trash smell completely covers over everyone. And that's exactly what it is. There's a whole thing you have to really consider. You got to take out the trash. Uh, it's just it's just one of those things. And if you don't want the trash to stank up all the good metalcore, you got to take out the trash. And that ocean of mediocrity of just similar people, similar bands sounding the same. Yeah, you got to get rid of the trash first. And that way the better bands will shine a little brighter and bring more good attention to the music. Kaka core also is another name for it from Concert Crap. Trashcore. I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with Trashcore because I think it fits a little better, but Kaka Core definitely fits. I think Ronnie Radke is the biggest dork I have on YouTube. Uh, uh, I know he's on Twitch now, too. So take that for what it's worth. I know Attila's going on tour as well if they're not already on tour. <laughs> no, I will not be shooting that. Can you imagine the COVID monstrosity in that fo- in that? Just venue. First of all, a lot of those, by the way, I want to say this too, and I'll make the point of this in the video. A lot of people rag on scene music. Not all scene music is bad by any stretch. It's not. There's a lot of good music in the scene with metalcore and stuff like that too. (laughs) There's a lot of bad music like this in scene and the scene fans really support these four. They champion them. They champion bands like Attila. And I swear the bigger trash core band the bit, the more their audience smells. That obnoxious edgelord brat audience that just doesn't care about anyone or themselves. I don't know how else nicely to say that. It's the kids that kicked out a hot topic for being too obnoxious. That is the audience for Trashcore. Oddly enough, many of the Trashcore frontmen like Franz and uh, Frankie from Amur all dress like they're in their 40s and 30s, desperate 
to still look like they're in Hot Topic and get the attention of all the kids in Hot Topic to buy their music. I don't think I'm stretching with my explanation of that either. Either I really do think that, um, yeah, that fits it pretty well. And it's a shame because there are good bands in scene. There are great bands in scene music. There are great bands in metalcore. And they're not standing out because these are the bands that are keep getting attention. Edgecore, buttcore, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of names for it. I'm sticking with trashcore, though. I named it in 2019. I want to make a video defining the issues and the problems and the good stuff in scene music and metalcore, but trashcore is when metalcore gets desperate. Sticking with that description, when mainly metalcore, would a band with lack of talent and ability and focus and writing and skill may have to get attention by edgelord lyrics, tough guy persona and acts, and just phoning it in growling profanity, stupid meme songs, edgy clothing. They wear black black craft clothing just to look cool. That type of stuff. And that's not even considering all the allegations for some of the bands as well. That's a whole nother can of worms. I'll bring them up for each band, but that's not the point. That's just a sad correlating coincidence with some of these bands and how toxic they are. Attila tries way too hard to be Limp Bizkit. There's, I don't know about that, but I get the argument because I'm not a fan of Limp Bizkit either. But at the same time, Attila is trying to be more violent. I don't know. That's, it's a weird thing. That's, it's an apples and oranges, but they're both in the same food category. So I at least get what you're saying there. Because music wise, they don't sound similar at all. <sighs> these, these bands are a problem. Oh, we have an update from our concert correspondent. I'm waiting. Uh, two directly behind me have them on their chins. So two people behind Gretchen and her uh, family have the mask just sitting underneath their chin. More and more are removing, mal- removing masks because they see others not wearing them. So it's causing a domino effect. Big domino effect. Yeah, that's about right. What? They aren't wearing it. Why should I have to? And get me a beer. That's going on a lot right now at that concert. I could just imagine that. <sighs> also, good point about the Limp Bizkit to Attila comparison. There are band members in Limp Bizkit that have talent, absolutely. Oh, the guitarist for Attila is great, but look what he writes and makes. He has the ability, but he can't use it. The rest of the band is literally bottom of the barrel. Limp Bizkit has more than one talented member in them. It's everyone behind Fred Durst that's great, but Fred Durst causes the problems and the hold up in Limp Bizkit. Uh, Gretchen, I'm so glad you're vaccinated. (laughs) I hope that people start taking this stuff more serious and we take care of each other. That's why I'm grateful. Like I'm not shooting any indoor concerts for the rest of the year. I'll be shooting outdoor ones and a festival that's also outdoors. Festival still has me concerned, but we'll get there when we get there. So long as I could be in media and working, I'm never going to be in the crowd. I could stay away from people. Man, oh man, it's going to be rough though. And unfortunately, there's no way to get an instant reaction or instant answer. Vaccines are going to be out there. We're still pumping them out, but also COVID cases are rising in many states. So it's a race now. And with more and more people passing away, it's going to be rough. One thing I wanted to point out, I was kind of on the fence and I need to point this out because this is too good of an example now. 
because this also talks about broadcasting and professionalism. It was a little week and a half ago that in Kentucky, or Tennessee, excuse me, in Tennessee, a conservative news host died of COVID, warning people not to get the vaccine and not wear masks, saying it's a scam. He died after a month fight with COVID in the hospital, and then is dying on his last week, he said he wished he would have taken it more seriously and not spread those messages. Well, this, over this past few days in Florida, another conservative news host died of COVID. He called himself Mr. Anti-Vax. He proudly wore that badge with honor. At 65 years old, he was warning people to not get the vaccine and telling people to not trust it and to do anything else. He has passed away from COVID. Boy, oh boy, is there any other signs that we really need right now? We want live music back, but this stuff still happens. We want concerts to return and things to open up in general, but this stuff still happens. We are literally in the era of fire, flood, and plague, to quote a great High on Fire song. There's fire tornadoes out in California with how bad they're spreading. The fires are so big and so bad that they're making fire tornadoes. The flooding is monstrous in New Orleans and Louisiana right now after Ida. It's going to take a long time to get everyone back home and safely and in the mix of the plague, the pandemic. That's still going on all over. (sighs) It's rough. Not really sure how else to go on. We just have to wait and see. Keep doing our best. And I'm aware my audience that sometimes is an echo chamber. I get that. However, we just have to keep pushing on. Here's hoping we figure things out. Thank you for the bits, by the way. Here's ho- Thank Jacob for the bits. Thank you. Here's hoping we can figure it out. And I saved this for the end because this happened after last week's podcast. We had to do last week's on a Monday. Turns out that we lost one of the best drummers of all time. Mr. Watts, Mr. Class, passed away at age 80. The Rolling Stones tour will continue on because he was not going to be a part of that tour anyway. That still hurts, though, when you lose a legend. I played a little bit of Rolling Stones on bass night. A little My old best way of tribute I can do. I would like to close with the best Charlie Watts story ever. And I know every other podcast and news outlet has talked about this. And I will say it again, however, because it's that good. Decades ago, when Rolling Stones were after uh, events, they were all in the hotel. Roughly between midnight and 2 a.m., Charlie Watts was sound asleep. He gets a phone call from the lobby. It was Mick Jagger, completely drunk, partying with people in the lobby, demanding that Charlie get down there and have fun with him. Well, Mr. Charlie Watts gets out of bed roughly 2 a.m. in the morning, puts on his three-piece suit, goes down to the lobby, and in front of everyone, punches Mick Jagger right in the face. He then, in front of everyone, said the iconic line, I'm not your drummer. You are my singer. He turned around, went back up to his hotel room, and went to bed. That is the best. He was known as the human metronome, and he really was. He has, he is defined class as a drummer. 
And that really was the perfect way to describe him. I hope that story has been told for decades, too. The band members confirmed it and things like that. Man, oh, man. If you get a chance to see Rolling Stones live, do it because if Charlie Watts passed away and he was in decent health except up until 2019 or so, I can't imagine the other members of Rolling Stones going to last much longer. I know that's cruel, but yeesh. So, other than that, I want to thank all of you for tuning in live. Thank you for bearing with me on this solo podcast. I will have more news eventually. For those who are unaware, if you do watch on Twitch, tomorrow, September 1st, is a Twitch blackout day in support of fighting hate raids and like just attacks on Twitch. So there will be no stream tomorrow. I'll be streaming on Thursday for a base play. I'll be working on the Trashcore video, hoping to have that up for Patreon on Sunday. And finally, one final thing I do want to point out. Um, if you noticed on my socials and on the website and things like that, I'm going to start doing best of the month playlists. So for everyone that joins in on our new music nights, whenever we get a unanimous thumbs up or a really high, overwhelming song that everyone loves, I'll add that to a monthly playlist and share that with everyone. It'll be posted on the site every month. Hopefully something a little bit nice for that. Hope you guys enjoy it. Hopefully you guys have a great week. I'll be on socials. Keep spreading the word. Share videos if you can. Share socials if you can. Any engagement's good. Still try to grow Instagram and TikTok. It's difficult. I don't know what else to do. However, I'll figure it out. Hopefully things will be okay. We should be back next week for the podcast as well. I'll be streaming on Thursday, but then New Music Night is on Sunday. So, thank you guys again for tuning in. I'm not going to send a raid this time. It's going to wrap things up nicely here. Thank you guys on YouTube and Twitch. If you're on the podcast forums, keep spreading the links. Leave reviews as well. Bam, bam. I don't even know how long I was on the Facebook thing. Oh, because I was looking at Gretchen. Okay, that's fine. I don't mind that. Thank you guys again. Hope you're all doing well. Have a great night. I will see you on Thursday and then New Music Night on Sunday. Take it easy, guys.